What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. black and gold? Is gritty your spirit animal? Does the sound of F1 engine make your heart race? Lend us an ear when we will share the exhilaration of Flyers hockey, the excitement of Steelers football, the nail-biting finishes of F1, and the pride when we yell, we are Penn State. Welcome to the Steel Flyers podcast, the strangest combination of sports fandoms since pineapple was put on pizza. Now, the one and the only, your host, Steel Flyers. Thank you. That is ours and yours, Ronis, our co-host. For the first time in eight years, the Flyers are moving on to the second round versus the Islanders. We look ahead to the Steelers' opening kickoff in 18 days with training camp updates from Heinz Field. We are thick into the season in F1, and some clag is afoot. Offline racing. Sadly, no Penn State football this this fall. We will look forward to seeing them in the spring, fingers crossed. We would like to thank you very much for joining us on the Steel Flyers podcast. We have a lot of great stuff to get into on this episode tonight, so we're going to get right into it. So, so, Flyers moving on. Awesome. Second round, big smile on Steel Flyers' face, big smile on Ronice's face. Yes, my heart beating extremely fast. Well, it should be relaxed now that it's been a couple well, days and, you know, you've had some time to calm down. No, now. no, see, i got to th- worry about tomorrow's game, so. Uh, okay, but but you've had some time to calm down, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's that's good, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Do you know what my favorite thing about the whole series was? Oh, yeah, come on, tell me. Was when uh, Suzuki got his little revenge pat on the head from uh, Grant. <laughs> and then Billy Clement laughing it the whole way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I yeah. am so with you on that. That, that was, was just so perfect. Agreed. And 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 the uh, player, uh, the Montreal player, got a little upset that that was going on because Grant just kept doing it. Right. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> sorry, buddy, but you really shouldn't try to – because that's why – Shea Weber was all angry when they were skating around at the end mm-hmm. of the game there because that's what was going on, and that's why they weren't really in such a big hurry to get into the handshake line. Yeah, that might have turned into the punching line, but <laughs> we were well-behaved. Such gamemanship, though, uh, for the NHL. I mean, I, th- see, that's that's why I love watching hockey. Yeah. Because you don't see that in any sports out there. At the end of the game, I don't care how much hatred you have for the other team. I don't care how much blood is on the ice. I don't care how many chiclets you've spit. It doesn't matter. At the end of the game, you line up against that other guy and you shake that other guy's hand because guess what? He's doing the same thing that you're doing, trying to win. Right. Well, I mean, they do shake hands in basketball and football and all the other sports, but it just seems like hockey, it's 
the ability to kind of let it go and just say, okay, we're done. This is the end of the game. Yeah, there's a lot. I think it's a lot more sportsmanship doing it that way. I hockey. like the picture of um, Carter Hart and um, with Carey Price. With Carey Price, yeah, that, that was, was good. a good picture. Yeah, I, I agree. think that was really. I mean, because you could just hear Carey Price going, you know, dude, you did a good job. At least and, I hope that's. And what that's he said. exactly what he said. No, 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 because uh, there was a quote um, from Carter Hart, um, and I believe that was I. I I can't remember where I saw that from, if I saw that on Twitter, if I saw that from the Flyers Nitty Gritty group or from Jamie Basco or from one of them guys, uh, that Carter Hart said that he uh, was able to have a little conversation with Carey Price. And Carey Price said that he was going to be watching him That's... and that he, you know, is looking forward to seeing him do really good things. And, you know, congratulations and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. hey, hey, man, that's classy. OK. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, that is pretty classy. Exactly. So, um, moving on, moving on, not moving on, but what were your takeaways from the first series about the Flyers? What do we need to work on? What did we do well? Let's start with what did we do well? What did we do well? We won. As a whole team. We won. Well, yeah. Carter Hart played well. Yes, he did. Um, at times our defense was more prevalent than anything. Okay. Uh, let's face it, we got outscored. We did, but... Yeah. But we still won. But we still won. But we got outscored. That's very rare. It's very rare that you get outscored and then win the series. Right. Okay, so we are lucky, 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 lucky. Nanner, 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 we got Carter Hart. Right. <laughs> Thank you. And well, they're on their end going, on, and we got Carey Price, so... Yeah, but Carter Hart was better. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was he? Was he better than Carey Price? I mean, obviously he was because we won, but when you look at the did numbers, did Carey Price have better coverage from his team than? When you look at the numbers, it's going to pan out that Carey Price had better numbers than Carter Hart because obviously we were outscored. So Montreal has more goals against some of them against um, Brian Elliott, whereas um, all the goals against uh, for us are are against. Uh, Carrie Price. Carrie Price. But that being said, uh, because we were outscored by them, um, it's going to favor um, Carrie Price statistically. But when you look at the play, there were times when Carrie Price needed to step up and, and the goal was let in. And there were times when Carter Hart needed to step up and he made the stop. Right. I, I mean, the, the couple of the goals in the. Um last game were kind of fluky and hey but we'll take a goal you know what i mean yeah that first goal that Provorov did they're right off the face off yeah um um really shocked price because he obviously wasn't ready for that at all it wasn't and and because it was obviously uh, look when when that and see that's what you have to do you have to be able to find a way to beat that goalie. I don't care how you do it. You just got to find a way. Right. And the only way you know how to beat the goalie is by shooting at the net. Hey, what do you know? But the the best thing that I think that we... The way that we scored when we did score um, was getting Carey Price moving from left to right. Okay. And that's what we have to do against Varlamov. That's what we have to do against the Islanders and Varlamov because he's a very – if he sees the puck like almost every single goalie, if you see the puck – You can stop the puck. You can stop the puck. That's the theory. But you know what I mean. It's one right. of those things. 
I'm just excited the fact that we are moving on. Um, we didn't do a lot of things well in this game. Our PK was outstanding. Right. The PK was outstanding. PK was outstanding. I can't say much for the power play. That was my next question for you. What, what do we need to do to get our power play back on track? Okay. Towards the end of the uh, series, we started getting it rolling because in game five, we scored two goals on that five-minute major. Right. Okay? And we looked good. And we skated the puck in, and we got set up, and, and we were good. See, it's it, – clue phone, Mr. AV, uh, Mr. Yo, and Mr. Tarion, if you're listening because I know you are. Yeah, um, right. If you tell your players to skate the puck in, you will have much better quality chances on shots on net. You will also have much better chances of getting set up in our in, in their zone. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I, I, I'm sure they know that, but – it's always good when you can give advice. Hey, you know, I'm just a backseat, you know, know-nothing fan that does, you know, <laughs> hey, what? I have never skated an inch in my life, but I've watched a lot of hockey. Okay, so we took care of the Habs. Now we're got to take care of the Islanders. What yeah. do we need to do? You mentioned one, get his get the goalie moving back and forth. What else do you see that we could do better I think we might need to tweak our lineup slightly because we need to adjust to put some more speed up the middle. Um, I thought that we sort of did that in the Montreal series, but I think we need to do more of that in this series because uh, the Islanders' defense is a little bit suspect. They're a little bit smaller, and if we put more of the larger forwards in and bang bodies and get in on the forecheck like we... If we play AV system the way it's supposed to be played, with guys being 200-foot responsible, I have no problems with the Islanders because our skill, our depth, and our talent will overmatch what the Islanders are putting out on the ice. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from the Islanders' sixth seed, and look who they beat. Right. Okay, they just did an awesome phenomenal games against washington i I just okay in all of our prediction shows i selected washington i i was one of those ones that was on the washington and thought that the caps would would come out and play well with ovechkin they never just seemed to find their rhythm did they no, they didn't. No, they didn't. And and as it, as uh, we found out, uh, breaking news today, their Washington Capitals coach unfortunately was uh, relieved of his duties. Yeah. Uh, so they are on the hunt for a coach. But the Islanders played very, very well against a Washington team that was looking maybe not as good as they could have. Right. With the talent they have on their team, Oshie and Ovechkin and Holtby and the experience they had with winning the Cup two years and having most of that entire team intact. Right. You know what I mean? And and still not and going out in the first round against the lower-seeded team is like, huh? Wait, what? You're right. Exactly. So, we'll see. We'll see how that's going to go. And so that's why I'm saying if this is not going to be a slouch series. Um, I'm I'm picking that this one is going to go long. You think so? Yeah, this is going to get... Okay. You think five games? More. You think it'll come down to the end? I would really hope that it wouldn't. Okay. But it potentially could. Or, if it, I mean, you know, look, anything could happen. We could catch fire like we've... 
like we did. You watched the last two periods of the last two games that we played against Montreal, and those were our, some of our best periods, I think. Okay. Okay. Actually, no. Let me let me scratch that. The first period and the third period of Game Five, and the last two periods of Game Six were our best periods towards the end. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, if we continue to play like that, and if we do those adjustments that we need to have the speed in the middle and make those adjustments and such and whatever, whatever. Now that we'll have Niskin in back and things like that. Uh, unfortunately, we might not have Knack back. Uh, Kubel might be hurt, so we might not be able to have a hand now. We might not have Knack back again. Uh, yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it does because he is a great uh, scorer. He's been doing very well. Um, what I think we need to do to get moving: power play needs a kick. Yeah, we, they- we are actuaries in a world filled with unpredictability. We use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Listen up! I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Need we, to get that in. We need G, we need Coots, we need TK. Yeah. We need those three guys. We, we need JVR. Well, apparently JVR. I did. Uh, we read that article earlier by uh, yeah. Lance that uh, yeah. from Flyers Lance Nitty. Green. Yeah, Flyers Nitty Gritty. Yeah, that, great, you know, great article, man. If you guys aren't following him, you definitely need to check him out. Yeah, where you know he's just like JVR is just not buying into the program. He's not buying into the system, and it, it, it's causing conflict. You know, it doesn't exactly. You, you got to work with AV and work the way AV wants you to. <laughs> And that's why he's not getting the ice time, because if you are not going to be responsible 200 feet, he's not going to put you into situations where you have to be. Right. So that's why he was out there on the power play, and it was like, wow, okay, JVR's playing. That That's not going to bode well. I, I really hope that we can, can write I, – I have faith in AV. He has done us well to this point. And, and I'm going to continue well, to have faith in this coach. Look how far um, we've come in a year. I, I've heard of people saying that um, they have not liked the outcome of coaching, but I, I'm i going to agree to disagree on that one. Okay. Okay. Um, I really think that the coaching has done very well. I think we've made the adjustments, maybe not to what we think they should be, but they've done the adjustments to where we've won the game. Right. And in the end, that's what is all that matters is that we won the game. Right. It doesn't matter if we win one to nothing. We still get the win. We still get the win. Okay. All we care about is the W. Okay. Just the W. So let's talk about the schedule because I've seen a couple of comments about the playoff schedule versus the Islanders. Yeah. So Monday the 24th, we're playing at 7 p.m. August 26th, we're playing at 3 27th at 7, the 29th at noon, and then 
the last three games are to be determined. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they. I have a feeling that the reason why they did that is because they're probably just putting placeholders out there for right now. Right. But here's the question. If you look at the Boston-Tampa Bay, they're all primetime games. And we have some sub, you know, some 3 o'clock games. I know that a lot of people feel that the Flyer fans are conspiracy theorists, that we, you know, we think that the league is against us, but we know, really, that's not really what's true, that they wouldn't purposely... No, 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 no. ...highlight another team... No. ...versus, you know, oh, not... Oh, no, especially the fact that we are the number one seed. No. No, but Boston does have a huge fan base, and and this is an important... And Toronto's closer to Boston than, than Philly, I right. guess. But, but, but... But, you know what? Uh, the way I look at it is earlier, earlier games, better ice. Yeah. Yeah, hey, so there see, you go. It, well, see, this is why I love when we do these, because you always find that little tidbit of information. You always have that little comment that's always like the exact cherry on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that is a perfect point. You know what I mean? That is exactly the perfect point. If we fix our power play struggles, I think we can take care of things. If we right our ship, I think we can take care of things. Um, I'm not, I, like I said in the very, 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 very beginning, I'm not afraid of any team in the East at all. Yeah. But not. there are some teams you just don't want to face, but you're not right. afraid of them. Not afraid of them. Just would rather not face them if I had my druthers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if I had my druthers, I'd rather not. So Right. <laughs> What can I say? You know what I mean? <clears throat> but regardless of the fact, it's going to be – this is going to be a different series. Do you think we'll see the um, conversations that we did with the um, with the Habs? You know, those conversations when somebody actually talks with their hands a little, you know – Expressively, you, you, mean, you mean extracurricular activities? Yes. Post whistle? Yeah. Look, there's no love lost here at all between the Flyers and the Islanders, and there's a lot of history. That's what I, I've. And we have not, we did not play them very well this year. But I'm not looking at the, I haven't looked at the regular season at all as far as how other teams have played. You have to, I've been trying to base. Uh, what I think teams are doing based off of how they did in the round robin and then their little five best of five series. Because that's how they're going to play. Well, yeah, because there's such a long layoff. It's almost like another season. It is another season. It is. It, it really, really is. is. It's it's a completely new season because what we what you did before doesn't was, really was four months ago. Right. It doesn't really <laughs> affect you. Right. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. So. I mean, it got you. It got you a seat at the table. Right. Okay. You know, a little. <laughs> We can make a little John Wick reference there. Got you a seat at the table, basically. But uh, you know, what do you do with it now that you're here? You right. know, you you now have a ticket to dance, and so okay, what you gonna do? Right. So, okay. Yeah. So let's go, Flyers. Let's go, Flyers. We're ready for tomorrow night. Ready for tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow seven o'clock. Well, that's still tomorrow night, so we'll I take know. that. Uh, that that'll be we'll, we'll be good. We'll be ready. We'll be flared up. Okay. We'll be flared up, ready to go. So we're going to go international a little bit and talk about F1. How about that? And um, A little bit couple, of clag yeah, off the racing line there, I think. There's some controversies, um, which I've only been following Formula One since I, we met. 
So I don't have a lot of background knowledge, so I'm going to ask you to help me understand something. Okay, but let me say this. First of all, just to let everybody know what clag is. Clag is the rolled-up rubber that happens when you um, have a, a relatively long race and the amount of rubber that comes off the tires builds up off the racing line. That's called clag. You don't want to get into that because it's very slippery. And it'll mess with your... It messes tires. with your tires and your cars, and a lot of times when you get out into the clag, that's usually when you're then soon into the wall. Right. Okay, so just to clarify that. So here's my question. So we have a, a team that says, we're going to make a car. And they take a picture, supposedly take a picture of another car and put some of the same pieces on that on their car that was on the other car. <laughs> yeah. And so and then some other teams are like, well, they can't do that. They can't put those pieces on the car. That's not fair. And it gives them an advantage. Am I right so far? So far. OK. So then the organization that oversees everyone mm -hmm. in Formula One mm -hmm. decides, yes, that they did something wrong. This team that copied a, a design. Yeah. They did something wrong. Yeah. So they find them some money, but they still get to use the part that everyone's complaining about. How does mm, that work? I don't know. Uh, I don't get that. I don't have no idea. I have no clue how can you find somebody for something that is illegal. Right. And then not require them to then remove said illegal part. Right, because that was what they were complaining about in the first place. Which is why the Renault team is saying, look, this is giving them an advantage over us, and we don't want it. This is not fair. And the governing board said, okay, yeah, you're right. And, and, and oh, by the way, but, that, that team, you, you, you'll, you pay a little fine. And you pay some money, but they can still use it. I, I don't get That's where all the controversy in F1 is coming from. It, it's this whole question of what's property and what property rights and, and what things give another team and another advantage. Here's the thing. And this is uh, something that happened over the last, say, 10 years. Because you no longer have factory teams anymore. Right. To the point. Um, you have a factory team in Ferrari, where the engines and the, the car and everything are all made by the same people. And I believe uh, Mercedes uh, does theirs. Okay. Um, they're the only real factory teams. What about McLaren? I think, uh, no, because they have Honda engines. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're building the car, but then they're using a Honda engine. You know what I mean? And then there's other teams uh, that are using either Honda engines or Ferrari engines or, McCl or uh, uh, Mercedes engines. Okay? Right. So. It's a big, giant stew pot of it is. car parts. It is. And that's where the lines become blurred, and that's what makes it where you're talking about property. And that's why teams like Ferrari and Mercedes, you know, and Renault, right? Or no, I think no, I think Renault is running the Honda engine right now. I think actually, but but those two teams, Ferrari and and Mercedes, are they're both running their own teams. They're both running their you know right. What I mean? so, so is it is it their property? If they the the whole thing started with the um, brake ducts that apparently help cool the brakes. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, and it, and they were very similar to or the exact copy of another team. And uh -huh. see, that's where they that's where they're able to skate the line. 
where brake ducts are one of those gray matter rules. Because for different races, you are permitted to have different size brakes on your car. And allowing for different size brakes means that you have to have different size brake ducts allowed to be put onto the car. To so, keep those brakes cool. Correct. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's kind of where they're like, it's not like they're really, how do you put this? I mean, there's no real eloquent way to put this other than, well, if you're using it, then we're going to use it. Right. Pretty much. Uh, You know, and if if you're using it, then we're going to use it. And all we had to do was pay a fine and we could still use it then. Right. I I can't. That's the only way I can think about that. You know what I mean? And and I'm here to tell you, I'm looking forward to Spa Francochon. Yes. Coming up this weekend. It's one of the one of our favorite favorite tracks. And the team that's using this capabilities has been remarkably doing much better or doing much better remarkably mm-hmm. this this past year. They've been an up and coming and they've been growing in their sponsorships and things of that nature. And they're also going to be getting a four-time world champion driver, I believe, next year. We're not going to mention any names because either the ink isn't dry or it hasn't been released or anything like that. It's a rumor. It's, you know, silly season reversed. It, nothing is the same. So Nothing's it does, the same yeah, anymore. So we yeah. can't really call and it that. Silly season is like, okay, who's driving for which team the next year? Right. Well, we've already had, we already know that Fernando, Fernando Alonso is coming back. We already know that more than likely Kimi, Kimi Raikkonen is going to be, this will be his last year. We already know that uh, Vettel is going to be out in Ferrari, and we know that, you know... Carlos Sainz Carlos Sainz is going to be coming in to join Leclerc, and we know that Ricardo is switching teams, and so there's jostling, and we haven't even finished the season that we're in now! I know. So... Hey, we got a season, so that was more than we expected earlier this year. Exactly. So. And they've added on, what, two more, three more races I or something like that? I think they added two at one yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's the Italian uh, one of the Italian tracks that they haven't been to in like forever are going to be doing a, a race this year too. So and kudos to to Formula One um, because over the last couple of races uh, they had a race driver who did test positive for COVID, right? And was quarantined, self quarantined, um, and everybody else in the team was tested and everybody was cool and that driver was. Quarantined and a reserve driver was brought in. And, yes, and, and he did and a good job. Hulkenberg did a great job. Nico Hulkenberg. Um, well, he only got to do one, one race. race. Yeah, yeah, because the one race he was supposed to drive in the car didn't work. Yeah. So he didn't get to drive. But the second race he did very well. Uh, finished in the points, I believe. So, um, yeah, that's, that's you know, kudos to Formula One. They've had zero testing or zero uh, COVID results uh, other than than that one. And if they are testing positive for ones, they are isolated so that it doesn't 
stop the works. Right. You know what I mean? And and those people are either, you know, quarantined or – and they've had a little break now for the last couple of weeks. Right, to give you know. them a chance to catch up. Yeah, and- yeah. So we've had a little break now and, and so – because normally there is the – this is the break over the August right. month. It's, it's holiday the, month. Yeah, yeah, holiday month in Europe. And this is the mandatory shutdown of Formula One. So – but because we're not in – in normal times now, they they gave them two weeks yeah. in between. So one last thing about F1 that I've found interesting. Um, Williams is now owned by an American um, investment team, yep. I guess that's how you put it. Yep, yep. And we think it's pronounced Dorlin, Dorlinton, Doriton. Capital. I'm I'm not sure how to pronounce their name. But it's an American team. It's another... Dorilton. There you go. Yeah. There's another American team involved in the F1, and we think that's excellent. They are going to be, I believe, majority owners, okay. uh, meaning that they're going to own 51%. You think they'll change the name of the team? No. They have already come out and announced that they are going to keep the team um, in its current location uh, in the UK. They are not looking to change the name of the team. In fact, they want to keep the name of the team, and that's one of the reasons why the Williams team board um, elected to have this uh, buyout happen because the investing group said that they wanted to keep Williams' name. They wanted to keep Claire Williams and the family involved uh, with ownership of the team and keep the team name, keep the team where it's located, and be able to continue on the tradition of Williams Racing. That's a good. That that's very respectful, don't that you think? That is, Fran, Fracken, tastic. More American investors in Formula One. That is where it's. So now, I knew when Liberty took over for Formula One to own Formula One. I knew that we were going to see eventually start seeing more American companies jumping on board to be sponsors or to be owners or whatever the case is going to be. So Okay. I think that's great. I You think you like the idea of oh, this, I love this it. team? Yeah, I love it. I love the fact that they're keeping the team in the UK. I love the fact that they're going to keep the name Williams, okay? But they're going to give them the money that they are so lacking. And here's what's – here's why this is all going to work. Okay. All right. We got some insight here. Well, because the teams have signed the Concord Agreement. Correct. For the next... I think it's six years. Five years. Okay, it's five years. 2025. Meaning that they will adhere to whatever rules that the FIA put out and adhere to whatever stipulations financially and or um, mechanically and or... Uh, whichever way they need to right, do it. Right, because we know Formula One is trying to supposedly... In our opinion. In our opinion, trying to even the field so the teams are have the equal equipment and everybody's, you know, and then it comes down to the skills of the driver and not your machine is better than that machine, you know, your car or whatever. It, it kind of makes it all the same. I think it comes down to... You get like a NASCAR effect where everybody has the same car. The same kind of machine, you know what I mean? Yeah. And see, I just, please don't do that. This is the pinnacle of racing, and it should be the pinnacle of racing for a reason. I'm sorry that 
blah, blah, blah team doesn't have $700 million in its own uh, wind tunnel and its own testing track and its own facilities and its own driver training program and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sorry that they haven't spent the last 70 years invested in doing nothing but Formula One racing. Tell us how you really feel about that. But do you see what I mean, though? I do. And and, and it is... It's like a slap in the face. I don't think it's a slap in the face. I think it's more of trying to bring the sport to where it's fair and and level for all of the players and the teams and the drivers and everybody involved. And unfortunately, it's going to take away some of the personality of the teams. Look, I'm going to tell you something, okay? In the last, say, 10 years, we've seen one of the greatest drivers in the world retire in Michael Schumacher. We've seen Fernando Alonso win a championship. We've seen... um, No, no, not in the last 10 years, so I can't go back that far, sorry. He was in um, 08, I believe, was Alonso's last. Uh, We've seen Lewis Hamilton win a lot a and lot. that'll win a lot. And and um and uh Jensen Button and Nico Rosberg. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so <clears throat> the driver's capabilities, the driver's skill has not deteriorated one little bit. It's gotten better. Mm-hmm. Drivers are are I think drivers are better now because they're more fit, they're more in shape, they're more tuned in, they're more they're doing things more specific to keep them in in the car there they have a lot of they have to have a lot of technical knowledge and how the the cars are working and and that takes a lot of brain power to to make the car do what you want it to do when you know i don't know let me put it to you like this there is a reason why there is only 22 men in the world that are in the driver's seats of those cars we won't get into my other question right now, but that might be a topic on another day. Okay. But, I mean, that's the reason why mm-hmm. there is only 22 men that are sitting in those seats. Because that is a serious... That's real racing to me, in my opinion. Look, I, I, I agree, and I it's my opinion, and I understand. And I'll get off my soapbox, or whatever you want to call it. But to me, F- Formula One is the pinnacle of racing. And when you are start to dictate what teams can and can't do as far as how much money they can spend for the development of their team and their car, I find that very much a slap in the face. Okay. In my opinion. so You're allowed to have your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm allowed. <laughs> so let's talk about something we do agree about. Okay. I how like about that. the Steelers? Yay. We definitely agree about the Steelers. 18 days still kickoff. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. I can't my. wait. So before we get deep into the Steelers, I have, I just have to bring it up. Earl Thomas went bye-bye today from the Ravens. Yep. Mm. Um, well, bye. R- rumors are that maybe he'll end up with Dallas. Do you do you think this is a a good thing for the Steelers, or does it really not matter to this, how the Steelers play the Ravens? When you lose a player like that uh, on a rival team, um, sorry to see you go, buddy. Yeah. But uh, better for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what the full circumstances were. I saw some tweets about it, and I saw some things, and 
I don't I don't know what the full story was, and and frankly, it wasn't on my team. And I know, but it does affect them because they have to play the, the Ravens. Here's the thing: um, they were probably going to part ways with him anyway because of his salary cap and other things too. So, who knows? Who who knows? Yeah, I don't even want to begin to speculate on anything about the Ravens because I have no clue. You know, and and I was able to. Uh, meet some interesting people on Twitter who, uh, because I'm a Steelers and a Flyers fan, and they are a Flyers and a Ravens fan. And we mutually agreed that there is a mutual respect and a mutual hatred <laughs> <laughs> for each other. You know what I mean? And and look, some of the best games that I've ever watched, that I've ever seen, that I've ever witnessed were Steelers and Ravens. It's always a really good game. It's always very physical because everybody's so into it, you know? And then the best part is is that there's that respect at the end of the game because we're all trying to do the same thing, and that's win. Win. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen this year. Uh, there's been a lot of great things out there. Uh uh, Missy Matthews on Twitter is one of the great ones that I follow. Um, she's got a lot of information out there too. Teresa Valley's got uh, Verso's got a lot of great stuff out there too. So, uh, man, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that's going on with the Steelers right now. That's good, right? Um, so, wait, I have a question for you. Since we're talking about good things, um, it's um, a quote that I found from Mike Taylor who said, Claypool is just um, body-wise, so his style and body type. He's LeBron James playing receiver. I'm not trying to compare him to LeBron. I'm just saying if you look at his build, because he's a big guy, he's really a basketball player playing football. (laughs) He just so happens to be super aggressive. That was in an article by Dave Schofield on um, uh, Steelers Super Fan Dad. Yeah, Um, okay. I just, yeah, I like that image great... of the, the this big guy that's aggressive that wants he wants to win and you know and he's and he's not the first person that I've seen that I've like completely in love with Chase Claypool. I agree. Um, there's a lot of love for the for the for the for the rookie. Um, he is definitely impressed in camp, and I did a little video. Uh, on what I thought was going to happen with Chase Claypool, and he's six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds. He's got a good thick body, so yeah, he's that same size as LeBron. You know what I mean? And he plays big. You know, yeah. He wins those fifty fifty balls. He goes up and gets. And <clears throat> I actually saw some tweets by Joe Hayden. Yeah, I saw those. Uh, who said that man? This guy is going to be trouble, right? For uh, defenses coming up. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. let me tell you something. When some of the, one of the best in the business is out there saying that kind of stuff about you, that's pretty good praise for a rookie. Right. Granted, they've only had two practices in pads. In pads, yeah. Uh, and, and everybody looks good in shorts. Seriously. I don't. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> but, but everybody looks good in shorts, you know? When there's nobody hitting you with, you know, pads. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. But when you put the pads on and you got people hanging off of you and people popping you, that's a different story. So. That is. We'll see. We'll see. But, we, you we'll know, see. good chatter is always a good thing. Agreed. And when you can impress in camp, that's always a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. Because 
I don't know how they're going to do things if the season's going to come up and whatever, whatever, but I would really, really like to see him make the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a feeling he will. Even if he's on special teams over the first year, um, I think he'll be in the... on the roster somewhere. That gets him practicing. That keeps him with the. That gets him dressed. Right. You know what I mean. So yeah, I'm all for that. Um, there might even be some plays that might go out there that might be for him. We don't know. We don't know. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. That's for sure. Uh, I'm also looking very forward to um, what our defense is going to be doing. Um, the the secondary has looked really well. Uh, Marcus Allen. Um, has done very, very well on the backs on backers. Okay. Uh, the last drill uh, when they were wearing pads. So that is very encouraging. We we got to enjoy watching Marcus Allen play at Penn State. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. And I really, I've really been kind of hoping for him to see because, man, he was a hitter at Penn State. And he was one of those disruptive uh, defensive backs that – is disruptive and a hard hitter and and good at covering uh, the run and you know so I would like to see him do well yeah um, and he's been s- stepping up a little bit in pro- in uh, training camp this year so I'd like to see that I'm also very excited to see how our um, defense is going to come together with Mika back there for the second year I'm also really really excited about the number seven. Yes, we are. Oh. And you know what? Speaking of good chatter, a lot of people have said he's the best he's looked in a long time. That he's throwing well. That although it looked like he was like completely out of shape towards the beginning, he really isn't. I think it was the beard hiding all of it. I don't know. But apparently he's doing really well. He's looked the thinnest I've seen him look since that year he came out... Um, after we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because he was really thin that year, too. Um, but he's looked the thinnest I've seen him look. Um, and that's not bad, because he looks like... Not thin, but I mean, he looks like trim. Right, like he's yeah. in shape, that like he's, he's ready to go. Right, exactly. Um, and they're saying... I only read one article, and I can't remember who it was by, that said that his his throwing motion for the deep ball was a little bit adjusted... Because of the surgery. Well, yeah, that that's kind of a given. Which, I mean, okay, but if he's still able to chuck them balls down there, then what? Who, as long as they're getting down there? Accurately? Yes, that's the important part. <laughs> not to the I other think, team, not to, you know. I think that's what's going to be, I think that's really what's going to be the ticket. I just, I can't wait to see him play again because we missed him so much last year. He has been dealing with this elbow injury for the last couple years, okay? Yeah. And now that it's fixed, okay, I'm excited to see what he can do and being in shape and having all that time off and not taking the hits and having that year to kind of completely heal up. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Come out swinging. Cause I, I'm hoping that we get another two years out of him. He still has two more years left on his contract. We'll see. Uh, it would be nice if we could get another two years out of him, but uh, we'll take as long as we can get out of him to be honest with you. If as long as he can continue to play at the 2018 level, which 
I don't have any doubt that he's going to be able to do. I, I think he's, I yeah. think the year off has let him heal. Yeah. Psychologically, he's kind of gotten some time off to get his head together, hopefully, you know, at home with his family. Yep, and yep, yep. Because that whole divorce with uh, Le'Veon Bell and the whole divorce with Antonio Brown was really ugly and, and, and names were dragged in the mud and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, look, that time away, I mean, it's a shame that he had to go through that, but... It's one of those things where, okay. We're coming back and we're, we're coming gonna, back and we're coming back strong. We're going to come back clean and, you know. And I think coming back to a locker room where that negative energy is gone, maybe that'll foster some team building, some team it bonding. It happened a lot last year. You could tell there was a lot of that last year because guys were sticking up for each other. And especially after the Mason, uh, Rudolph, and Miles, whatever his name is, I'm not going to mention his name. Because I don't want him to get any press uh, in any way, shape, form, or anything. But the, the Mason Rudolph debacle, um, how the team stood up and said, hey, no, 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 no. This yeah. this kid's on the level and whatever, whatever. So I think that because of the, the departure of some of those players and, and with things rallying around the players and things like that. So I think there's definitely a different locker room now for sure. And, and we're, we'll see. We'll see. So you played football when you were younger. And you played with good teams and you played with bad teams. And did it? Did the mentality of the team, did that really affect how you played? How did that, from your experience when you were playing yeah. in high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because if you are a confident team and you have, I mean, I played on two state championship teams. Right. So, and the second one, nobody scored on our team except for the championship game, and it was only a field goal. Right. So when you go week after week after week and you just continue to build on that and continue to build on that, it's like you walk into the next game like, yeah, what you got? What? Bring it. Because we're just going to outbeat you. We're going to outhustle you. We're going to outplay you. We're just going to out-everything you. Right. You know what I mean? So it definitely affects how you play because – when I got to the higher levels, our team stunk. Yeah. We we won, I think, six total games in the whole three years that I played in high school. That, yeah. And we play 11 games a year? Yeah. That's a lot of losing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And it gets tough to strap it up every day sometimes, you know? And, man, I'll tell you what, that, that last year was tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was tough. And that's... What I was afraid we would have this year coming in because of last year and no quarterback and all that and that and still with the echoes of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and I was afraid that would carry over, but it doesn't seem like it. It no. seems like the team is just ready to go and feeling good about themselves again, which uh, you know I I don't know. That just seems like a good thing. It definitely seems like a different locker room. It definitely seems like a different vibe going on with the Steelers this year. Like, I see a lot of compliments coming out from players about other players. You know, like, hey, Ben looks really good. Or Chase, with um, Zach saying, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chase Claypool's looking good. You know, I mean, it's just nice to see some positivity. Exactly. And, and that's the other thing. That's what I'm saying. It feels a little different this year. I could be reading into things, though. Well, but it's definitely different this year because we have, you know, training camp at Heinz Field and whatever. Right. Whatever. I mean, but, I, I, 
other than the obvious. Right, other than the obvious, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it just feels a little different this year because we have Ben coming back. You know what I mean? We, and have, we have some a, hope. We have some hope. Yeah, and we, it's amazing what hope does. And, and we have some uh, really good defense. And we have most of the core all pretty much coming back. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of – also there's a lot of pressure because I'm going to tell you something. Because of the COVID, the salary cap has been greatly decreased. Right, because the, the revenues are down. And the Steelers are going to be in big trouble. With the cap? With the cap. Because we are going to be significantly over the cap. So some things are going to have to happen. And some decisions are going to have to be made. And if players are going to want to stay on the Steelers, they're going to have to take the hometown discount. Because we ain't going to have the money to pay. That's really a shame. It is. But uh, that's a topic for another day about... Well, we got this year. Yeah. But that's... I mean... That's we got kinda, this year. Yeah, we got this year. So, and and anything can happen. So, hey, hey. All right. So, one last thing yeah. before we go. Um, apparently, there is an issue with a testing lab in New Jersey with their uh, COVID testing that's being investigated by the NFL. Yeah. And uh, the Steelers got a couple positive tests, but didn't they go somewhere else to, yeah. to yeah, confirm yeah. that? Yeah. So, uh, there was a, a testing facility. That was um, being shared by a bunch of different NFL teams, and some tests came back that were a bunch of positive tests, um, and they were some uh, allegedly that these tests were false, and so the Steelers went out and did a uh, private thing or got their own testing done, and everybody's okay. Good. So That's good to hear, because yeah. when I heard there was a bunch of positive tests, it was like, oh no, so... Okay, so that's what I have for now. So, what do you want to say? Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm looking forward to this year. I think it's going to be a good thing. Uh, I like how our team is kind of seems like it's coming together. I like the the picks that we've had this year. Um, I like Chase Claypool coming out looking good. I like McFarland coming out looking good. Um, I've heard good things about uh, what how he's playing too. Um, so I know it's a bit, a bit of a different time and everything like that. And we're going to have a bunch of different things going on, but, um, all in all, I'm, I'm looking forward to the football season. I'm hoping and praying that we do get a football season. I really do. I really hope we can, even if, you know, for some reason when we get closer to, to winter and, you know, things aren't quite what they are now, if we have to have a shortened season, something, I, something but yeah. we'll take what we can get. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. Yeah. Uh, on that, uh, we would like to thank you for joining us on, on this uh, great episode of the Steel Flyers podcast. Uh, we got into a lot of great information, and uh, we look forward to uh, bringing you some more. Um, thank you to our great and wonderful co-host, Ronies. Have a lovely evening. And we would also like to say that please come to the Steel Flyers website, www.steelflyers.com. Check us out. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at SteelFlyers52. We would like to see you out there. Uh, please let us know how you like things, and, and please subscribe, because uh, that way you'll get notification when the next episodes come out. Just remember, stay safe, stay strong, and hang tough. <laughs>